Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. Probably the hardest match I ever had in my life. But I don't like it when things aren't my, going my way. Motley Cruz, you turn the tables on me. You turn the tables in a wrong way. You've got me mad now. I need a volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Throwing Couch Potatoes, the show where I try to watch 5,000 wrestling matches in the calendar year of 2023. And it doesn't look like I'm going to succeed in that venture, because where the hell was all the wrestling this week? Goddamn. I tried my absolute best to watch all my usual stuff and try and find something else worth watching, and only scraped up about 80 matches total. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the lack of uh, dark elevation this week and also no big uh, pay-per-views save for uh, Prestige Roseland 5, which thank God they uploaded that in time for me to watch it. Uh, in any case, let's dive right into it. But first, let me take you on a quick journey to the far-flung land of prehistoric April 22nd of this year. Uh, that's when Limitless Wrestling put on their Identity Crisis show. I think from, uh, I think they're in Maine? In any case, uh, I was definitely uh, itching to check this one out because my boys Judas Icarus and Travis Williams are on this card. Very excited to see them uh, getting more opportunities in America. Uh, so let's get into it. Opens with Fresh Air, Junior Benito and McCray Martin versus Art, Aaron Rourke and Ricky Smokes. Uh, I gotta say, very high energy tag bout to uh, kick this one off. Uh, I had heard a lot about uh, Junior Benito going into this, so I was excited to check him out. And uh, yeah, this was a pretty entertaining tag bout. I liked both teams. It was uh, very fast-paced. I gave it a 3 out of 5. After that, Alexander Lee took on Channing Thomas in an impromptu street fight. Uh, this one was unfortunately kind of a boring garbage brawl, 2.25 from me. Uh, then the, my boy, the born sinner, Judas Icarus, took on Alec Price. Um, I gotta say, the, the match was pretty solid. Um, I just feel like there were parts of it that kind of lost my attention, but uh, overall not too bad. It was a 3 out of 5. Uh, after that, Becca and MSP, Aiden Angro and Danger Kid took on Brad Cashew, Dean Fernicola, and Joseph Alexander. Uh, I, I did quite enjoy uh, Brad Cashew. I thought he was very charismatic and, and funny. Um, this match definitely picked up towards the end and got uh, pretty exciting, so it ended up being like a 2.75. After that, Rip Bison took on Travis Williams. Uh, Travis definitely had a lot of opportunities to show off his strength in this match, and it was a pretty good showing. I gave it a 3 as well. And then Troy Nelson took on both CPA and Mark Sterling. Uh, this match was pretty boring, I gotta say. It was kind of frustrating how often this match stopped so that Mark Sterling could cut a promo. Uh, yeah, not uh, a whole lot here that really caught my attention. 2.25. And the main event, Mac Daniels took on Scotty Too Hotty, possessor of washed-up dance moves and even more antiquated opinions on women's wrestling. Uh, yeah, sorry, Scotty, your wrestling sucks, and this match was boring, and, uh, honestly, not a very good main event. Uh, two out of five, although that might just be me not really buying into Scotty Too Hotty's shtick, having, uh, not been impressed with some of his comments lately, so, uh, yeah, fuck you, Scotty. 
Uh, moving on to TJPW, they had the uh, the pure TJPW eight show, uh, which was uh, you know not like a super uh, important show, but it seemed to have a pretty good card, so I wanted to check it out. It opened with Raku, Runa Akubo, and Shino Suzuki versus Haru Kazashiro, Shoko Nakajima, and Yuki Aino. Um, this one was a bit of a messy six-person tag. Honestly, I, I feel like uh, Shoko was uh, Shoko and Raku mostly were really. Uh, holding this one together. Otherwise, it was a bit of a mess, uh, 2.25. After that, Max the Impaler took on Kaya Toribami, both wrestlers I'm a big fan of. Uh, and unfortunately, it was a little short, but uh, what was there was quite entertaining. But it makes sense that Max would just kind of steamroll poor Kaya. Uh, very, very good squash, though. I liked it a lot, 2.75. Uh, then Maki Ito and Toga took on Hikari Noah and Vert Vixen in from the United States. Um, it was a fairly decent tag bout overall. It's uh, always nice to see Maki Ito, and uh, Vert Vixen is clearly giving it her all in this Japanese tour. Uh, it was a 3 out of 5. After that, what I can only describe as a five-way elimination musical chairs match with very bizarre rules. Uh, Hyper Mizao, Rika Tatsumi, Mio Watanabe, Arisu Endo, and Himawari were in this match. Um... So basically, the way I think it works is it would start out with um, musical chairs, and then whoever doesn't get a seat uh, has to pick another person in the match, and then they have a short singles bout where you win by a one fall or forcing your opponent out of the ropes. But then at one point, they started playing Pictionary, so I don't know what the fuck was going on there, as with a lot of Japanese comedy matches with uh, a lot of stuff that... As with a lot of Japanese comedy matches where I have no idea what's going on, this was an absolute delight. Uh, it was chaotic and weird and funny and just generally like a joy to behold. Uh, three out of five for me. And the main event, another trios match. Mizuki, Palm Harajuku, and Yuki Kamafuku versus Haruna Neko, Mahiro Kiryu, and Suzume. Uh, with the twist that all the wrestlers in this match are wearing someone else's gear uh, and are kind of cosplaying as other TJPW wrestlers, which is good fun. Uh, I especially liked um, Mahiro Kiryu, I believe, uh, wearing Haruna Neko's uh, like cat getup. Um and I think it was uh, Yuki Kamifuku doing um, Mahiro's uh, apology gimmick. It, it was if you've you got to kind of be familiar with TJPW to really uh, get this match because I, if I was new to the promotion, I wouldn't have understood what was going on. But uh, because I was able to recognize uh, some of the spots, I was like, oh, okay, they're they're wearing. They're cosplaying in this match. This is fun. It's different. Um, not the best match on the card, but still a, a fun one. And, and overall, like a lighthearted, decent TJPW card here. Uh, nothing really too bad to complain about. Good fun. Moving on, skipping past our usual dark elevation, because it was just a clip show this week, or like a best of, uh, we go to Monday Night Raw, following up off of a very stellar week for WWE. Let's see if they can capitalize on it. Spoilers, they can't. Uh, we open with The Bloodline, Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso, and Solo Sokoa versus Latino World Order, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde. Um... Yeah, I was kind of expecting this to be a little more exciting. I feel like just when it started popping off, all of a sudden, 
uh, it was winding down. So I feel like this match could have been better if it had a little bit more room to breathe and uh, they just kind of went pedal to the metal because it was the opening match. You know, Why not have it be a, a belter? You, these guys could do it. 2.75, decent, but a little underwhelming. After that, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, very happy to see them, took on the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Uh, yeah, this is another one where I, I feel like I should be telling you this was awesome because I feel like both teams could put on an incredible performance with each other. But yeah, this was just a 2.5, uh, a very underwhelming bout. I can't remember if there was some kind of bad finish or something. Maybe that's why. Um, but I, yeah, I certainly don't remember uh, the reason. Uh, moving on, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez took on Damage Katarl, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Uh, yeah, th- this could have been bad. It also could have been better than it was. Uh, it was another 2.75. There were some okay moments in it, because, you know, Damage Control is good, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't really feeling this one. Oh, you talk about disappointments. The next match, Mustafa Ali versus Chad Gable. Two guys that I feel are being criminally underused or misused by WWE and are two of the best in-ring guys that they have. Um, Yeah, this was just average, uh, just 2.5. Neither guy really accessed their full range of skills. And uh, yeah, it just left me kind of flat I, I i was really ready to love this match and it was just kind of short and just kind of nothing uh 2.5 what a bummer here's another one that should have honestly like this sh- maybe should have been the main event finn balor versus cody rhodes on paper that should be an incredible match and honestly it's it's kind of bonkers that it's not um but in any case uh yeah 2.5 for me nothing that really made this match particularly exciting. Like, this entire Raw just kind of feels like it was spinning its wheels, which is bizarre coming off of one last week where it just seemed like everyone was uh, was gunning for it. In any case, your main event, Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest, was somehow even more underwhelming, uh, which is bizarre. You know, I don't like Damian Priest, but Rey is, is still really good and is capable of putting on a great performance. Uh, this was not it. Um, yeah, pretty lackluster main event, 2.25. Whew. Raw went from me being like, damn, they're kicking AEW's ass right now, to me being like, wow, this was not maybe not the worst Raw, but one of the most like frustrating ones, I guess. Because, you know, a lot of these matches should have been great. But, uh, yeah, just, just nothing here. Moving on to AEW. Uh, Dark on Tuesday opened with Harley Cameron versus Mafiosa. I can say Mafiosa is very over, and people seem to like her, and it is nice to know that Harley Cameron actually wrestles, and she's not just, like, the lady in uh, QT Marshall's new stable with Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, she she wrestles, too. That's cool. Uh, this wasn't a particularly good match. It was pretty short squash, 2.25. After that, Lee Johnson took on Blake Christian, in what I'm happy to report is uh, a pretty solid bout. Both guys are very young and talented, and they seem to have a, a decent amount of chemistry uh, together. Um, yeah, 3.25 for me. Really solid one. Best match of the week so far, which is 
Honestly, this was one of the worst weeks I've done this show. Everyone was mid this week. Um, moving on, Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. took on the wingman, Ryan Nemeth and Cesar Bononi. Uh, this was just a two out of five for me. Not a whole lot going on here. Like, you didn't even get to see a good Brock Anderson spinebuster. Like, just a, a pretty uh, uneventful tag bout for me. Two out of five. And after that, Emi Sakura and May Saruga took on Reka Tahaka and Ashley Damboise. Love seeing Emi and May teaming on Dark. I hope they become uh, like a, a permanent tag team because we can't have best bros in uh, in AEW because that's intergender. But uh, still, very cool to see this team. Uh, solid match overall. I mean, Emi kicked the shit out of uh, the other two, and, and uh, May was uh, a very technically sound and then very uh irritating as she is uh, want to be uh yeah solid match three out of five overall uh after that jake logan took on zach clayton uh i was expecting this to be the worst match on the card it ended up being average you know it wasn't terrible but uh neither guy i feel like has uh anything i'm supposed to really care about zach clayton just doesn't do it for me and then the main event, Varsity Athletes, Tony Nese and Josh Woods took on the Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, I gotta say, both teams lately have been kind of underwhelming me, but uh, I'm happy to report that in this match, uh, they both put on really solid performances and were really uh, shooting for uh, stealing the show, and I, I think they did. Uh, this was a 3.5 for me, good action, very uh, solid pace, didn't really uh, drag too much. Yeah, couldn't ask for uh, a much better way to cap off a dark. Moving over to WWE for NXT Spring Breakin', uh, sort of a, a half takeover, if you will. A uh, bunch of big matches on this card, and yeah, what much with the uh, the rest of the week, pretty underwhelming. Let's go through it. Pretty Deadly, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince took on Tony D'Angelo and Channing Lorenzo in a trunk match, where to win you have to put your opponents in the back of a trunk. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a big, stupid brawl for most of it. Not a whole lot in the way of memorable spots. Kind of a dumb idea for a match. 2.5. Andre Chase then took on Braun Breaker in a pretty short and, uh, I don't know, lifeless match. I feel like with Braun not having the title in this weird holding pattern before Braun inevitably goes to the main roster, it just feels weird seeing him in NXT. Like, go, dude, you have nothing left here. What 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 does beating Andre Chase do for Braun Breaker right now? I don't get it. 2.25. After that, Lyra Valkyria took on Cora Jade in what was a fairly clumsy, uh, not very good bout. 2.25. Um, kind of kept it together, but there were a couple of really messy spots. Next, Carmelo Hayes took on Grayson Waller for the NXT Championship. Don't know why this is halfway through the show, but whatever. Um, yeah, I feel like I've seen enough out of Grayson Waller to believe that he could have a really good match with Carmelo Hayes, but it just didn't seem to be in the cards here. I don't know if maybe they didn't have great chemistry or what, but uh, this only ended up being a 2.75, which really left me scratching my head because... Uh, <laughs> You know, what's what's going to happen with the rest of this card if the, the World Championship match is, is such a underwhelming... I keep saying underwhelming. That is just the story of this week, unfortunately. 
Anyways, moving on, we got a mixed tag match between two teams full of people I don't care about. Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs versus Brooks Jensen and Kiana James. Both these teams in just embody that archetype of we are a tag team in NXT and we're not going to get over as a tag team or as singles wrestlers on the main roster. Like, it's just not happening. Like, they're not over in NXT. They're going to be stuck there forever. Then they'll or inevitably be moved up before they're ready. Yeah, it's just tragedy. Just tragedy. Uh, This was a 2 out of 5 for me. Very dire. Not a whole lot in the way of good wrestling. Just some really uninteresting drama. After that, Oro Mensa took on Obafemi in a fairly forgettable affair. It was pretty short. Uh, 2.25 is really all I can say. And then your main event for the NXT Women's Championship, Indy Hartwell defending against Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton. Um, I feel like inserting Roxanne Perez into this match while you still can is not a bad idea. But this still didn't translate into a a good triple threat. I feel like this is the kind of match that NXT usually does okay with because they can over-choreograph it and just, you know, give them step-by-step instructions on what to do. Yeah, this one was just paced weird and, I don't know, I just, it didn't catch me. Uh, Only a 2.75 on this one. Really underbaked NXT for for one of their, like, special shows. Uh, Wow. Especially after last NXT was so good. Surprising. Well, on over to Dynamite now, and unfortunately, uh, AEW didn't fare that much better. Uh, Opens with Orange Cassidy versus Bandito for the International Championship. Hey, I like both these guys. I like Orange Cassidy. I do. I find him entertaining. I just, you know, when I actually break down his matches and, you know, rate them on how entertaining I find them, you know, they're, they're slightly above average, so... You know, I, I like the guy. What can I say? But all of his matches tend to be around 2.75 or lower or, you know, possibly a 3. This one got 2.75. It, it was fine. I like Bandito. Um, but, you know, just a lot of uh, goofing around. And that's fine. That's Orange Cassidy's thing. I'm just not going to rate it super high. After that, Jeff Jarrett took on Dax Harwood in a very uh, classic wrestling-style match. Uh, You know these guys probably had a lot of fun wrestling each other because Dax is so old-fashioned. This one was pretty entertaining, I gotta say. I like Jeff Jarrett well enough, so this was a 3 out of 5 from me. After that, Wardlow uh, squashed Ariel Levi in a very short match, 2.25. Then we have Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin. I feel like this one had the potential to be incredible, but it was kind of hampered by some of the storyline stuff. In any case, it was still a th- uh, 3.25, really solid match, and I'm looking forward to more of the uh, Four Pillars matches that are uh, going to be leading up to Double or Nothing. Then Jade Cargill took on Taya Valkyrie for the TBS Championship. There was a little more build to this match than your typical TBS Championship title bout. I like Taya. You know, she's from Victoria. She's our hometown girl. I just, you know... This match wasn't great, and, you know, I haven't seen a ton of Taya Valkyrie matches that are, are that great. Uh, 2.5, decent. It was it was average, 
nothing particularly wrong with it, but not particularly exciting either. And then the main event, one that i got to say I was looking forward to quite a bit because uh, I kind of predicted it was going to go this way. Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita versus The Butcher and The Blade. Um, pretty fun match. Uh, Omega and Takeshita don't have too much in the way of like tag team chemistry, but um, I'm sure they're going to figure it out the more they wrestle together. Um, putting those two guys against literally any team, it, there's no way it's going to be bad. Um, this one just never reached truly great heights. Um, I feel like maybe if it had a little more time or, you know, maybe pace itself a little better. And, then, you know, there were a couple of uh, kind of messy moments in it. But uh, not complaining too much. 3.25, solid main event. Uh, just capping off, you know, again... Uh, a slightly mid-dynamite compared to uh, what you normally get. Moving on, though, because we got a lot more mid to cover. But now we go over to Ring of Honor on Honor Club, and we open with Athena versus Lady Frost in an ROH Women's Championship Proving Ground match. Fuck yeah. Love both these wrestlers. Love that Lady Frost is in ROH. I feel like th- maybe she needs to be in AEW as well. Like, the women's division needs more wrestlers like Lady Frost. She's just fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, this match definitely delivered. It was a 3.25 from me. I'd say you should check it out. Athena just kicks ass. What more can I say? Uh, after that, the infantry, Carly Bravo and Sean Dean took on La Faction and Gobernable, Preston Vance and Roosh. Um, fairly uneventful tag bouts. You know, I, I like Roosh and Preston Vance is alright, but them as a tag team, you know, mm, 2.25. After that, Joe Ocasio and Mookie Summers took on best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Slightly better tag bout than the previous one, but still only average. Uh, This ROH started off pretty hot, but uh, tapering off very quickly. After that, uh, Brian Cage took on Leon Ruffin. Uh, You would think this would be like a a match made in heaven. Uh, And these two did have some nice interactions together, but it didn't quite... uh, really get to the point where I was like, yeah, this was a good Brian Cage match, or this was a good Leon Ruffin match. It was just okay. 2.75. Then the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson took on Jeeves K and Sonny Kiss from the Trustbusters. Always nice to see Sonny Kiss, and Stu Grayson is clearly giving it his all on the second chance in AEW. Um, This was just an average tag bout again, though. 2.5. Really unfortunate. Uh, then Diamante took on Sky Blue. Uh, Diamante is really good, but um, yeah, Sky, this was not one of her best. Uh, 2.25. I feel like what they need to do with Sky Blue is the women's division needs to have more tag bouts. Um, so find somebody that she has chemistry with who's a bit more experienced, maybe. Because having Sky Blue mostly work singles matches, I, I don't know how well it's working because she's so inconsistent. Anyhow, moving on, uh, Rocky Romero took on Lee Moriarty after that, and I'm and, uh, sad to say it wasn't a, a particularly good match. Um, I feel like it really underwhelmed me. God damn it, there's that word again. Um, I, I like both guys, and I, I especially like Lee Moriarty, so I was really ready to like this match, but uh, didn't really do it for me. 2.5, I know they're doing a pure rules match the, on the next episode, so hopefully that's a bit better. 
And then your main event, Gringo Loco, took on Blake Christian in a very uh, GCW-ass match. Uh, hey, both guys are really solid, and uh, they put on a pretty good performance. However, like the rest of the wrestling on this card and in this week, it was uh, just not as good as it maybe should have been for a main event at ROH. Uh, three out of five. Decent, but you know, I, I can't really recommend that you watch this episode. Uh <sighs> Sure hope next week is better. Anyways, here's something that definitely won't improve it. Uh, WWE main events. Joe Gacy took on Dexter Loomis in, uh, you know, what almost could have been an okay match just because Dexter Loomis is, is kind of charismatic. But, uh, yeah, Joe Gacy just ain't it, man. Two out of five. Then after that, Nikki Cross took on Cora Jade in, unfortunately, a uh, pretty lifeless and clumsy match that had the crowd dead silent. Uh, uh, 1.75, sad to say, the worst match I saw this week. Nothing particularly egregious about it, just uh, had more things going wrong than had going right. Over to Impact now, which opened with Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich. Oh, shit. Um, pretty good opener, I feel like, considering it's sort of a throwaway match on Impact. You know, they're just kind of going a little easier than they could, but, um, you know, still a 3 out of 5. Decent opener. We move on to PCO versus Champagne Singh, and, uh, yeah, this one didn't have all the things that make PCO cool in it. Thankfully, it uh, didn't go on too long, but uh, just 2 out of 5 for this one. Not a whole lot going on there. Then Johnny Swinger took on El Dineroco. Um... Yeah, this one was uh, barely a match. This was a uh, Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice uh, happening, I guess. I don't know what you call it. Uh, Zicky was the one actually under the mask as El Denerico. So, uh, yeah, he laid down for Johnny Swinger, and this was barely anything. Two out of five. And then after that, a tag bout. The ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay versus The Designs, Angels, and Khan. Uh, fairly okay tag bout here. Uh, I like the ABC a lot, and I like Alan Angels. Uh, just never really reached uh, particularly great heights. Uh, Silesia Sparks took on Jody Thread after that. Um, this one was about average, not too bad. Jody Thread is pretty cool, and she's a good uh, add-on to the Impact Knockouts roster. Speaking of which, the Knockouts Championship was online in the main event, Deanna Perrazzo defending against Taylor Wilde. Uh, there were moments of this match that were pretty good, but uh, unfortunately, I just was a little bit of a lackluster main event, uh, I'm sorry to say. Uh, took its time when maybe it, it shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, 2.75, not really for me. Taylor Wilde's decent, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Over to NXT Level Up, Tyler Bate opened this show, uh, taking on Luca Crucifino. One of the things that bothers me the most about uh, NXT especially is that the commentators just are really disingenuous with their word choice. You know, saying that any match on NXT Level Up has a big fight feel, uh, don't say that. It's obvious that it doesn't. This is NXT Level Up. No, none of the matches are big fights, so none of them should have a big fight feel. Don't cheapen that phrase by telling me something that is obviously, observably not true. 2.25, very sad to see Tyler Bates slumming it on NXT Level Up. Uh, I pray for the boy. Ivy Nile took on Lola Vice after that, and I'm happy to say this match almost kicked ass. Um, 
It's a bit better than average, at least. Ivy Nile's really good, and wow, I was surprised that Lola Vice actually has some really solid strikes. Turns out she's a black belt. Wow! Uh, I feel like NXT, you know, if you're not going to hire wrestlers, uh, hire combat sports people. They translate to wrestling way better than track stars do. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, this match was fairly enjoyable, actually. Um, 2.75, solid level up match. And after that, Hank Walker and Tank Ledger took on the Dyad, Jagger Reed, and Rip Fowler. Uh, yeah, I really don't like Tank Ledger. He, I just don't buy his, his dumb, goofy character. It just feels put on. Uh, the Dyad are cool, but yeah, this match was just average. 2.5. Save me, Rampage. Oh, you've got the plague. That's unfortunate. Rampage opens this week with Ricky Starks and Sean Spears taking on Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Man, I like Ricky, but this match was never going to be good in my book. 2.5, you know, if you're a Jay guy, if you're a Juice guy, that's cool and all, but man, they just, they really are not good wrestlers in, in, in my mind. Uh, very unspecial. Moving on to Brady Pierce and Charlie James taking on Naturally Limitless, Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee. Um, bit of an oddball pairing, but Dustin is trying to do new things in every match, and Keith Lee is, you know, just fucking joyful to behold. Uh, and I like his uh, gray-haired wizard look. I think it's fucking rad. 2.75, best part of the night, I'd say, unfortunately. Anna J.A.S. took on Ashley Damboise in the next match. That was pretty average and uh, fairly forgettable. Uh, the only thing I can remember, honestly, is Anna's t-shirt, because it's pretty stupid. Then Cameron Stewart, Dante Casanova, and Ryzen took on the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster and Billy Gunn. Uh, I feel like this one was literally just on the card to give the acclaimed a, a chance to do their rap because they haven't done it in a minute. Uh, this one was actually pretty funny because, uh, you know, a bunch of jobbers, so it's fine if you rip on them. Uh, it, you know, they don't need to get over. So, uh, yeah, his, his disses were pretty funny. Uh, 2.5 for the match, pretty short, pretty sweet, it was fine. Uh, Crowd-pleasing. And your main event, oh, Jay Lethal versus Cash Wheeler. Oh, not even, not even the good singles guy from FTR. Um... I will say it, this match was slightly above average. You know, they did some okay spots. It wasn't terrible, but yeah, really left me wanting this main event. 2.75, pretty uh, average overall. We go over to SmackDown now, where LA Knight, over as fuck, takes on my boy Butch. Uh, this match was actually fairly decent, a pretty good opener for SmackDown. Honestly, LA Knight, they need to capitalize on the dude. Fucking, I know it sounds crazy, but put the belt on him. I'm serious, they're gonna split it up soon, and... You know, you lost your big moment at Mania. Who fucking cares who wins it at this point? LA Knight is one of the most over-wrestlers they have. Uh, and he's fresh and new for WWE. Uh, I'd say strike while the iron is hot. Unfortunately, that is the one thing that WWE absolutely refuses to do under any circumstances. So don't hold your breath. 
Three out of five. Solid match. I also gave a three to Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford versus LWO, Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wild. Uh, yeah, this was a decently fun party match. Not as good as some of the other Braun Strowman and Ricochet ones, which was kind of surprising considering the other two teams in this. It just didn't get suitably crazy enough. I was waiting for it to go fucking crazy go nuts and it never happened. Still, it was a three. Not a bad match. Uh, Selena Vega versus Sonya Deville followed and this one was pretty nothing. Uh, crowd was pretty dead. I barely paid attention two out of five, which is unfortunate because I like Zelina. And your main events, a rematch from night one of Mania. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships against the Usos. Um, this match was not as good as the Mania match, obviously, but it was still a very entertaining tag bout, which, you know, it's Kevin and Sami. You're going to get a, a elite-level performance. Uh, yeah, 3.5 out of 5. This is probably the one match I'd say from WWE this week I would recommend. One of the few matches at all this week I can recommend. So um, maybe check it out if you like Kevin and Sammy. It was a good one. Over to New Japan for Wrestling Satsuma no Kuni. Uh, don't know what that means, but it probably means a good match or two. Uh, right? Uh, yes. Your opening match, Bishomon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus Oleg Bolton and Toru Yano. Uh, gotta love seeing Bishamon. It's uh, actually kind of a bummer that they're not tag uh, title holders anymore because uh, they're a really good team. But uh, this was kind of just them tearing uh, the the new guy and the, the, the kind of joke guy apart. Uh, not a, a terribly great match, but, you know, didn't overstay its welcome either, so 2.25. Um, I skipped some of the matches in this card because, you know, it's mostly multi-man matches, and with New Japan, most of those are not going to be worth watching, really. So um, the next one I watched was United Empire, Aaron Hanare, Francesco Akira, and TJP versus Intergalactic Jet Setters. Kevin Knight and Kushida with Tomoaki Hanma, the hot dog man himself. Um, this one was a pretty enjoyable match. I feel like I just want to see Kevin Knight and Kushida take on Catch 2-2 because all the best parts of this match were when those two teams were doing, were interacting. Uh, Hanare and Hanma can fuck off, to be honest. Uh, this match was kind of dragged down by their presence because uh, New Japan just does too many of these uh, multi-man matches. I think what it is is that um, they do all these two Tours, and the tours usually have the same cards, and then they like film them. And I think I think they air like the best of on Japanese TV, and that's all well and good if you're in Japan. But it means that if you're following the product from elsewhere, you can't just go to one of these shows. You have to watch it on TV, and there's so much card space that's just kind of nothing matches that everyone knows you're not supposed to care about and that's just you know kind of a, a a bummer you know i feel like they don't have to do it that way but when you have all these giant stables you know i guess you can't really blame you in any case the next match united empire great okan and jeff cobb took on the mighty don't Neils, kosei fujita and zack saber jr uh like this match quite a bit i gotta say i'm really enjoying kosei fujita i think he's turning into a really good technician and he has really good tag chemistry with zack saber jr the way they were able to like move in tandem in such a smooth and, and uh, uh, precise way is really impressive. I feel like there are 
tag partners who've been together way longer who can't do that sort of thing. Very excited to see where he uh, progresses from here, and I think he's a good fit for TMDK. This was a, a very solid match. Great mix of styles with Ocon and Jeff Cobb being uh, the bruisers and TMDK being uh, technicians. Yeah, 3.5. Uh, check this one out if you're already uh, thinking of seeing this card. Then, for the IWGP Tag Team Championships, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis took on, again, TMDK, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste. Hey, the best version of them. I mean, I don't mind bad dude Tito, but I always get sad when Shane has to team with anyone other than Mikey. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, that being said, these two Australian teams are two of my absolute favorite duos in wrestling, so this is a little bit of a dream match for me, and I gotta say, they really fucking delivered. Uh, this wasn't, you know, a particularly incredible match that I'll be, you know, remembering for years and years, but holy shit, if you want to watch two tag teams just kick the shit out of each other for like a solid 35 minutes, you could do much worse than this match. This was a really, really solid tag bout, an absolute war neither team backing down an inch just throwing in crazy strikes and mark davis just fucking yeeting the other lads all over the place uh what do you want from me this is the kind of tag team wrestling that i I can't help but love four out of five this was by far the only truly great match of the week and i was going to cry if it wasn't uh yeah definitely check this one out after that, Shinjo... That's embarrassing. And after that, Shingo Takagi defends his King of Pro Wrestling Provisional Championship against Tai Chi in a Takagi-style triad match. Uh, this was like a first-to-three sort of thing where you had like a list like you could get a pinfall, submission, knockout, a technical knockout, and I guess maybe a countout? Um, but once you got one of those falls you couldn't get it again so if you like pin a guy you like have to submit him or knock him out to to get another point um it took a while for me to understand that however um these kinds of matches in new japan are are such a like coin flip i feel like half the time they're incredible and the other half of the time they're really really boring and i wasn't sure what to what to think of this one but honestly i think tai chi surprisingly enough is one of the guys that can deliver in these types of matches you want somebody who's gonna brawl for like a good half an hour and have it be brutal and exciting and not slow down to the point where it gets boring Tai Chi's had a couple of those matches lately that have been really, really good. And I feel like, you know, put someone else, like, I don't know, Naito or something, and it wouldn't be nearly as good. Um, I was actually quite impressed with how much I liked this match. I was ready to... I was dreading it. I was like, this is going to be another one of those long, boring ones. Um, Despite the weird rules, it was still a pretty easy watch, and both guys went all out. Um, Yeah, I'd say worth checking out. 3.5. This was by far the best card this week, and honestly, I'm starting to maybe regret skipping some of those matches, but I'm definitely not going to go back and rewatch them. You can't make me. Finally, capping off a a weird week of wrestling, uh, we have Prestige Roseland 5. And I gotta say, I was really looking forward to this one. Opens with my boy Judas Icarus versus Nick Wayne. Fuck yeah. An excellent way to open pretty much any show. Nick Wayne delivers, and I know Judas Icarus 
probably like better from watching live performances than like any other wrestler. He's he's up there with one of the ones that I've seen the most. So cool to see him on IWTV uh, yet again this week. Yeah, three point two five for this match. Hard hitting, creative, dynamic, good pace, hot crowd. You know, just all the things you want. It wasn't quite, you know, match of the year caliber or, you know, something that I should say you should absolutely go out of your way to see. But this was still a really hot opener, and I was very happy with it. 3.25. Brian Keith took on Sonico after that in a decent brawl, but, um, you know, it, it slowed down a little bit and, and didn't quite hold my attention so well. Uh, I'm kind of iffy on Sonico, and Brian Keith, you know, he's hit and miss too. 2.75. After that, for the Prestige Tag Team Championships, C4, Cody Chun, and Guillermo Rosas took on Midnight Heat, Eddie Pearl, and Ricky Gibson. Um, the match itself was okay. I gave it a three. I just want to say that, like, these teams have endeared themselves to the Prestige fans so much. They love C4, and they fucking hate Midnight Heat. It, like, this was just such a heated match. Um, I rated it low just because, you know, there, there was some parts that kind of dragged and it did have a bit of a fucked finish it seems like they're going to redo this one as a tlc but still there's nothing wrong with this match this is still very solid uh three out of five moving on drexel took on effie after that and i uh, it was okay i these kinds of matches that are, are just trying to do a lot of like squeamish spots like paper cuts and shit ugh, i just i'm so bored of it i'm so over it it's it's so fake it's so stupid but whatever, you know, a lot of people, this is their kind of thing. The, the crowd was into it, so, um, you know, who, who, am, who, the, who, who am I? Who the fuck am I? Two, uh, 2.5 out of 5 for me. Eh, eh, what do you want? Moving on, Daniel Garcia is in from AEW to take on Robert Martyr. And, uh, man, this match really drove it home for me that Daniel Garcia has just slowed his in-ring style down so much with this Chris Jericho influence, and his matches just don't hit the way they used to. I miss Red Death so much. Um, this was a pretty good match. I just, I, I wish it had... A little less, you know, chattering and a, a little more wrestling, you know? Uh, it was a 3 out of 5. It was fine. Um, but, you know, Garcia, ah, he, he used to wrestle like Zack Sabre Jr. And now he wrestles like, uh, like Chris Jericho. Moving on, Ethan HD, Jaden, and Chris Brady joined forces to take on, whoa, from Vancouver, State of Emergency, Miles DeVille and Sebastian Wolf, along with Travis Williams, the professional. Uh, yeah, Vancouver fucking brought it in this match. What, what a, what a crazy-ass party match, if there ever was one. Miles DeVille just throwing himself and also Chris Brady off of every conceivable surface, including the balcony. Uh, just crazy-ass tandem moves. State of emergency are just so smooth, so fucking hard-hitting. Everyone should be booking them. This match kicked ass. You should check it out. 3.5. Then in a triple threat, Mio Yamashita took on Trisha Dora and Liza Hall, also from Vancouver. Um, I'm sorry to say that this one fell a little short. I feel like 
it was sort of like Trishadora and Liza had planned for their match, and since Mia, Miyu Yamashita was added to this match because her opponent, Queen Minata, was unable to make the show, it kind of just seemed like she was sort of stapled on. And, you know, there were parts of the match that uh, just didn't really... Uh, utilize her well enough i think um it was all right but i feel like it could have been a little longer and it could have been a little more focused uh 2.75 then sean spears took on tom lawler in your penultimate bout tom lawler is so charismatic and just so likable seems like a really good dude uh so i i always enjoy seeing him sean spears i feel like it's it's really tragic how wwe missed their chance with this guy he really should have been a top baby face but now we keep getting these recycled heel versions of him and it just makes me sad for what could have been uh the match was pretty decent but there was just a lot of time wasting and you know uh crowd stuff that doesn't do much for me watching at home three out of five and then your main events penta el zero miedo takes on kevin blackwood in a highly anticipated first time bout uh i gotta say you know kevin blackwood i have never seen like a, a, a terrific performance from yet but this was a, a pretty good showing from him and penta did maybe a little better than i've seen him in singles bouts lately uh 3.25 for me this one was an easy watch uh flowed really well had some cool spots uh penta fucking murdered kevin on the apron at one point that was crazy uh yeah i can't complain about that for a main event capped the show off very well um this show had a few ups and downs, but it was overall fairly solid. Uh, and I think if you pay attention to either American Indies, the Pacific Northwest scene, or even just AEW, you know, check this show out. There's a lot of memorable and well-known names on there, and a lot of uh, underappreciated names in the indie scene that I think more eyes need to be on. Uh, so, Wow. 50 minutes in and uh, we're already wrapped up for this week so whew, here's hoping i can improve my numbers over the next week or uh this show is gonna be a huge fucking dud in any case thank you so much for bearing with me as i ramble on about the rassles uh my name is matt baskey you can follow me at at matt baskey on twitter where you can follow the show at throw potato show i want to get on blue sky someone hit me up on, with one of those one of those codes i want to get on there asap uh this was a really midweek of wrestling but don't worry about it it'll it'll get good again it's coming back buddy don't worry just smoke weed and watch wrestling